Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, it's all about Jaden McDaniels. It's the Jaden McDaniels season preview. What did Jaden get so much better at last season? Obviously, defense is his calling card, but let's dig in a bit deeper. What do the numbers really say about what Jaden does defensively? And also, what's the next frontier for him? How does he improve even more as we move towards 2024? It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hopefully you've had a fantastic start to your week. Today, we're talking all about Jade McDaniels. It's a season preview for McDaniels. Uh, So we'll get into all of those defensive numbers, what I think he can improve on most for next year. That'll be today's show. A big thank you here off the top, though, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter or on X at BBeacon and at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. Um, I want to talk all about Jane McDaniels today. We're in the middle of this, well, middle. We're towards the end, actually, of the player preview series. We did anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes on all the guys up until the starting lineup and starting last week, I think it was Thursday's show, we talked about Mike Conley and uh, previewed his season. Now we're really into the starting lineup. We'll Jade, Jade McDaniels today. I think we'll do Rudy Gobert on Wednesday and then get into Cat and Ant here as we round out the week. So I want to spend the whole show talking about Jaden McDaniels. And to non-Timberwolves fans, they know McDaniels as the, um, you know, the, the tall, slender wing defender, didn't intend to rhyme there, but hey, it, it worked out. Uh, and just like, that's kind of his thing, right? Everybody knows he can play defense. That's kind of it. But I think on a national level, finally now we're starting to see people understand. And, and when I say people, I mean, um, I mean, certainly the analytic, analytically minded community, people uh, who really, really cover teams at a national level, not the talking heads on TNT and ESPN, but are realizing just how good he is defensively. There's a million metrics that could represent that. And I want to start there. I want to start with just how good he is because I think there's a legitimate case to make that he's the best all-around defender in the entire league. And it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting when you also consider that he's on the same team as Rudy Gobert, who's a multi-time all all-defensive player of the year award winner. And just a couple of years ago was seen as the best defender in the league. They're obviously very different defenders at different positions that do different things. But is it possible? And I I don't think anyone's arguing Rudy's the best defender in the league at this stage at age 30. But if he's still one of the top two or three rim protectors and Jade McDaniels is still one of the top or is now one of the top two or three perimeter defenders, on-ball defenders, point-of-attack defenders, could the Timberwolves really have a top three, top five defense this year? Remember, 
And this is a topic I could spend a whole other show talking about, specific to the Wolves defensive unit. We'll have plenty of time to talk about this. But I thought it was funny. Chris Finch had a comment last week. I think it was the John Krasinski article at The Athletic. He said something to the effect of, yeah, I think we're going to be a defensive-driven team this year. Yeah, obviously. The Timberwolves were 10th in defensive rating last season. They were like 23rd or 24th in offensive rating, depending on where you look. They were driven by their defense. And it still felt like there was a lot to be desired. And of course, Carlton Towns being hurt uh, for much of the season impacted the offense more. But I don't think they're going to be worse with Towns on the floor. I think they'll be better with a year, Rudy having a year under his belt, working with Jaden McDaniels and with um, and with Anthony Edwards. Ant continues to improve defensively. McDaniels continues to improve, as we'll talk about. And Mike Conley is obviously much better than D'Angelo Russell defensively. This team will be certainly a top 10 defensive unit, probably top five defensive unit in the league if things go anywhere near according to plan. And so much of this has to do with Jaden McDaniels. Uh, the case to make for Jaden McDaniels being the best defender in the league is far from far-fetched. Um, this season, according to B-Ball Index, he was the best perimeter isolation defense in the league. It was as an, it was an A-plus on their, um, on their spreadsheet at B-Ball Index. They've now just put a crown there because he was literally the best. All the other grades are, you know, A, B, C, D, F, A, B, C, D, F, no E in there. Um, I promise letter grades. Uh, I, I know how that works. Um, he has a crown there for perimeter isolation defense because he's the best perimeter isolation defender in the league. And if you drill down even further, he's also got a crown next to ball screen navigation. Now, ball screen navigation, that got a bit more mainstream traction. There's a couple other sites that track that besides B-Ball Index. I'm blanking on the one. I don't think it's cleaning the glass. Um, Stat Muse, maybe. There was, I think it was actually a Bally Sports North broadcast, and Jim Peterson was talking about him leading the league in ball screen navigation. I don't think I saw that on an ESPN broadcast. I Usually that, that feels a little bit too, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little too analytical, really, for ESPN to, to kind of, a little, maybe a little too much research for them to actually pull that nugget out during a Wolves game. But Jade McDaniels was the best player by multiple measures of ball screen navigation in the entire league at defending through and around ball screens on the perimeter. Now, he's a wing. He's, you know, before this last year, he mostly played the power forward spot in his in his career. And so he wasn't having to deal a lot with ball screens. Last year, he almost exclusively played the three. And a lot of threes don't because they're guarding wings that are in isolation or, or um, you know, catch they're defending catches, catch it catch and shoot attempts from opposing threes and fours, twos and threes. But Jade McDaniels was a three who guarded the point of attack more often than not. And and that's another part of this conversation and another thing that is tracked by B-Ball Index. Almost 20% of the time, so basically one in five possessions throughout the season, McDaniels was guarding players classified as shot creators. About 17% of the time, he was guarding primary ball handlers and 15% of the time, he was guarding secondary ball handlers. Only 8% of his time this season was spent guarding players classified as slashers, which is down from what he did a couple of years ago. Um, so I guess another way to look at this would be you add those up. That's what, 35, 40, over 50, about 54% of his time was spent guarding primary or secondary ball handlers or shot creators this season. So near, which is an insanely high percentage of his minutes on the floor, guarding somebody who at any moment could hurt your team with a pass or a shot. And that's incredible on a number of levels, but that's why he had to be involved in so much more ball screen action defensively. He was the best player in the league at navigating ball screens on the defensive end of the floor. He was also the very best player in the league at on-ball perimeter defense. The mix of those skill sets is relatively rare, and it's not because the best defenders can't do it. 
oftentimes they can, it's because he was being asked to do both. A lot of times you'll have somebody, a lockdown wing defender, who's not guarding the point of attack. He's not necessarily guarding the point guard on the other team. I mean, think of any 3 and D guy, right? Like, okay, he's a good... Torian Prince is another is a good example. Like, I always thought he was a little overrated defensively, but he may be asked to guard a good wing on the other team who's going to attack in isolation, maybe as a secondary ball handler, but he's not guarding the ball handler all the way up the floor and then into the action and then switching on to the, the guy who they're running the play for. McDaniels is doing all of the above. He's guarding point guards. He's guarding wings. He's guarding the primary creators and the primary scorers for opposing teams, and he's doing them both at the best level in the entire league. I... I couldn't find the graph, but it was, um, I think it was a, actually a B-Ball Index graph maybe that was put out there. Maybe it was NBA Savant that had the tweet, but it was about, no, I think it was B-Ball Index. It was a chart that overlaid those two as, as the two axes was um, was on-ball perimeter defense and ball screen navigation. And Jay McDaniels is the best in the league at both. It's such a rare mix of skill set. And it's a combination of his size and athleticism, of course, um, but also the amount of trust that the Timberwolves put in him that Chris Finch puts on him. And now just heading into, what, it's going to be his age 23 season. Like, he just turned 23 a couple of weeks ago. And he's going to be given, like, the whole defense revolves around Jaden McDaniels being able to do his thing on the perimeter. Another thing he improved real quickly, he didn't get into foul trouble quite as often last year. And maybe it seemed like he did, but he played a lot more minutes. He played almost 31 minutes per game. So, yes, the personal fouls per game went up. But if you actually look at his foul rate, it went down slightly. His fouls per 36 minutes went down. Um, no matter how you slice it, he played more minutes. And yes, so of course he committed more fouls. But the minutes rate went up faster than the actual rate that he fouled. He got smarter with using his fouls in general. Yes, there's exceptions. There always are. Um, but he improved that part of his game too. I want to dig into the offensive end and and also talk about where he improved last year offensively. And then we'll get to the next frontier for Jaden McDaniels. What comes next for Jaden? What can he um what can he do to continue to improve his game and go from a, you know, a fringe star starter at the league level at at uh overall league wide to like a legit star, borderline all-star, somebody who's gonna get all defensive team votes this year. Uh, what does he have to do to get there? We'll cover all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Jace Medical. If you're not familiar with Jace Medical, they are fantastic. They have the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Jace Medical, make sure that you're prepared for what you otherwise may not be considering or be unprepared for without them. All it takes to get your Jace case with those five life-saving antibiotics is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, you might jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians and get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created and doctor recommended. Simply put, again, don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Uh, there's plenty going on in the world right now. Uh, I, you know, We're headed into fall and then winter, so it's travel season with supply chain shortages, reliance on other countries. Uh, pandemics. I mean, who knows? Like we just lived through that a couple of years ago. There's so much uncertainty in the world. There just is. I know it became kind of a buzzword during COVID, but like it's it's true. There is uncertainty. Tons of bad stuff going on all around the world right now. Having Jace Medical can give you a sense of peace of mind, especially if you're going to be traveling a bunch this fall, this winter, this holiday season. Um, it, again, storm shortages, pandemics, etc. 
Jace Medical and the Jace case can help you out. Jace Medical is really simple. You go online, fill out a form, you get a prescription, and your life-saving medication is right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication in hand. Get 20 bucks off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. Again, $20 off using the code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, Medical. Dot com. All right, let's uh, a big thank you for those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, uh, the rest of this week, as I mentioned off the top, we'll be doing player previews, um, and then Wolves play next preseason game on Saturday. So we'll talk a little about that as the game as the as the week goes on. Wolves next Saturday night from Madison Square Garden on NBA TV. So uh, more preseason a- action once the Wolves get back stateside and and uh, get reacclimated, get a couple of practices in. So we'll talk about all that here on the show throughout the week. Let's keep talking about Jaden McDaniels. Um, Jaden, defensively, there's really not a whole lot else to say other than he's the very best in the league at a couple of really important things, on-ball perimeter defense, ball screen navigation. You go on down the list just to kind of put a bow on the defensive end of the floor. Like, he's in the Bs and As for everything else. Interior defense, percentage of rim shots contested, which the definition for that is the percentage of shots at the rim when the player's on the court that are contested by the defender. He was 72nd percentile. Nearly 30% of shots at the rim when Jaden McDaniels are on, the, are on the floor are contested by Jaden McDaniels. For a guy that primarily played the three last year and was guarding on the perimeter is incredible. That's an incredible number. I mean, that's a number where I bet if you look at the list of guys who challenge more than 30% of shots at the rim while they're on the floor, they're almost always going to be centers, and they're almost certainly going to be just bigs across the board. Jaden McDaniels played the three for most of last season, and he was still 72nd percentile in terms of percentage of rim shots contested. Talk about rim contests per 75 possessions, blocks per 75 possessions, Bs and B pluses across the board. The actual, his impact at the rim in terms of points saved, Rim points saved per 75 possessions, which is a measure of points saved on shots at the rim by the defender based off their ability to contest shots with similar, with excuse me, with smaller samples regressed with league and role average rim defensive field goal percentage values. That's just a, a long-winded way of saying factoring in matchups, factoring in the players that are attempting shots at the rim and also the num- the quantity of attempts. Jane McDaniels was 99th percentile in terms of rim points saved per 75 possessions. Of course, that's an A+. Go on down the list, and he is fantastic every in every single way defensively. Yes, focus on some of the perimeter stuff, but he can also block shots. He can also play help defense if he needs to. He's really good at chase down blocks and transition. Like You could absolutely argue he is a top five defender, top three defender in this league, and if we're sitting here in six months that he's not an all-defensive player of the year, seven months, all-defensive, um, sorry, not player of the year, all-defensive and all-defensive team, first or second team, he really should be first team. I, I wouldn't be, like, I would be shocked if he wasn't all-NBA first team, but I'd be completely and utterly shocked if he doesn't make either all-NBA defensive team, you know, next spring. Um, it'd be a genuine surprise if he wasn't on one of those lists. Let's shift gears and talk about Jaden McDaniels on the offensive side of the ball. Coming into the league after just one season at the University of Washington in the Pac-12 uh, as a you know one-and-done player, wasn't expected to have much of an offensive game. It was, he was seen as just this raw 
product on both ends of the floor, but especially offensively. I mean, he shot, and as a rookie, he wasn't, again, he wasn't asked to do much for the Wolves. Under 45% shooting on just six shot attempts from the field, only seven points per game, 6.8 points per game as a rookie. But he did shoot 36% from outside the arc. So there was some thought that like, hey, this guy could be a 3 and D guy pretty quickly at the NBA level. Year two, though, the 21-22 season, he plummeted to under 32% on three-point attempts, 31.7% on threes, just nine points per game, took a mini step backwards offensively for the Wolves, and was asked to do even less. This was the season, the 21-22 season, where they end up in the playoffs against Memphis and, and have a decent playoff run. But then last year, leading into last season, the Wolves put him in the summer league and said, hey, Jaden, we want to put the ball in your hands more often. We want to see you create for others. We want to see you as a secondary playmaker for this team, thinking he could be that guy. This was, of course, pre, well, I guess Summer League was around the time of the Rudy Gobert trade. But what else could he do for this team offensively to make him a a true two-way player? And then last season, all of a sudden he could shoot threes at a nearly a 40% clip, 39.8% from three-point range last season. We saw the three-point rate tick down a little bit. He shot more per game because he played more minutes, but the actual three-point rate went down. Previously, over his first two seasons, about half of his shot attempts from the floor were coming from outside the arc. Last year, it was a little better than one in three shot attempts was coming outside the arc, 37.6%. But we also saw the free throw rate tick upward. The biggest thing, though, is catch and shoot from three-point range was really impressive for Jaden McDaniels last season. And 93% of his three-point attempts were of the catch-and-shoot variety. He was really good in pull-ups, but less than one in 10 of his three-point attempts were pull-up threes. Because remember, he's not initiating offense. He doesn't have the ball in his hands in transition a whole lot. He's the recipient of the passes from Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley and and uh, and others. But on catch-and-shoot threes last year, he was just a shade under 39%. Overall, from the corners, he was 41.3% from the corners. And surprising, this surprised me a little bit, more than half of his three-point attempts last season came from the corners. 55% of Jaden McDaniels' three-point attempts came from the corners where he was over 41% shooting. And that's a that's you know a product of both Cat and Ant. Now, last year was more Ant than Cat because of Cat's injuries. But those guys driving into the paint and kicking it to the corners, we saw this uh, from both Ant and Cat in preseason last week against the Dallas Mavericks. They both were driving and kicking to the corners. We saw Nikhil Alexander-Walker be a beneficiary, Nas Reed be a beneficiary. The Wolves are going to get more corner three-point attempts because of the attack from the top of the key. And also, pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. What does Gobert do after he sets his screen? He short rolls the free throw line. If he doesn't get all the way to the basket, he takes the ball, he swings it to the opposite corner. We saw the Utah Jazz do this constantly with Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert. Um, and and Royce O'Neal. I mean, Jaden McDaniels is already a better all-around player than Royce O'Neal was, and Royce O'Neal had a couple of nice seasons in Utah. So watch Jaden McDaniels continue to benefit from these open corner three-point opportunities. He also wasn't too bad above the break, 38% above the break. Um, Again, less than half of his three-point attempts were coming from there, but just a good all-around three-point shooter. Like, none of these numbers are bad. Like, there's some guys where you say, ah, they can't, they can't shoot pull-up threes. They're only catch and shoot. They're not going to shoot off the dribble. Jaden didn't do a lot of it, but when he did, he was good. He's good catch and shoot. He's good in the corners. He's good above the break. Everything improved last year shooting-wise for Jaden McDaniels. We don't know for a fact that that's necessarily going to stick because of his struggles two years ago, but he was good as a rookie, right? So maybe two years ago was the outlier, and maybe now he's just figured it out in terms of three-point shooting. Go back at college, he was 34% outside the arc in college, um, so it wasn't a surprise to see him 36% his rookie year in the NBA. But if he's really a 40% three-point shooter, that's going to change everything 
for the Timberwolves. Um, if that's if that's really what he's going to do on the offensive end of the floor, he had the ball in his hands a bit more overall for the Wolves last year. We saw the assist rate come up again. He wasn't initiating offense, but he just he was more willing to put the ball on the floor and then swing it right. First two seasons, Jaden McDaniels, it was catch and shoot or his pump fake, dribble into a tough long range two. Last year, we actually saw him put the ball on the floor with a purpose to get to the basket or to stop, find an open player, and continue the ball movement within the offense that way instead of simply being, oh, I've got to shoot it or I've got to pump fake and shoot a worse shot, right? We're not seeing that as much with him now. Yes, the, assist, the usage rate was up. So was the assist rate. Along with that, of course, so was the turnover rate. But he just became a bigger part of the offense. Um, and he's not always going to be the fifth option. Like I would argue he's probably the fourth option now and sometimes the third option, maybe even ahead of Rudy in some instances, depending on the matchup. But after Ant and Cat, like Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Jaden McDaniels, some nights one of them is only going to get six shots up. Other nights, you know, one of them is going to get 12 shots up. It's, and usually they're going to be somewhere in the middle. But um, so much of that's going to be matchup dependent. The thing about McDaniels is he's not matchup dependent, right? What he brings to the table, certainly defensively, but even on the offensive end of the floor, he should be able to get that at any point in time. And the other thing he's got going for him, no team's going to use their best wing defender to keep him in check because you have Anthony Edwards. And you've got Carl Anthony Towns. So if Jaden's playing the three, I mean, you could put a four on Jaden McDaniels and put a three on Cat, but Cat's just going to shoot over him. If you put a four on Cat, a big four, that means you've got a smaller three on Jaden McDaniels most likely, and he can take them to the paint. Also, Cat's just going to take most slow bigs to the paint as well from the perimeter. He's going to, the Wolves will play five out. He'll be able to get to the basket whenever he wants with his, you know, he uses his three-point shot to set up the drive. Um, and the Wolves are so dangerous when they do that. It's not exactly five out with Rudy Gobert, but you know, basically keeping the paint open for Ant and Cat to drive. Um, it would be the thought process there. So that's another area where Jane McDaniels certainly helped last season for the Wolves. The offensive numbers overall aren't great, but the most important thing is the incremental improvement. The, and also defensively. We didn't really talk about the defensive improvement. He was really good two years ago. He was outstanding last year. So everything about Jane McDaniels' game improved last season. Let's talk about the areas where he can make the biggest impact this year improving. We'll do that here next to close out the show. All right, last season, Jaden McDaniels improved everywhere. He was arguably one of the best two or three, four or five defenders in the entire league. Awesome. It went from, you know, very good to outstanding in terms of his overall defensive, what he brought to the table. Three-point shooting improved from 32% two years ago to nearly 40% last season. He also was a better passer, better decision maker offensively. All those things have gotten better. What's the next frontier for Jaden McDaniels? What could he do next um, to take his game to the next level? Well, number one, I would say rebounding the basketball. And, I, and I'll caveat this by saying, I understand why his rebound rate decreased last year because he was playing more on the perimeter. He was guarding the point of attack. Going back to the first segment of today's show, yes, he was guarding ball handlers more. Inherently, that pulls you further from the basket on more possessions. You're going to get less rebound opportunities on both ends of the floor, but especially defensively. So we saw the defensive rebound rate decline by four points nearly, three and a half points from 13.2% two years ago to 9.8% last year. That's still too low. And a 7.1% total rebound rate is far too low for somebody of Jaden McDaniel's size um, and his length, his athleticism, and also his nose for the ball. And also he plays hard, right? Like there's really no excuse for Jaden McDaniels to have that low of a rebound rate. And you could go look, and this is maybe an exercise I'll do on a future show. Go look at some of the other threes that are primary, you know, point of attack defenders league wide, and they're going to have comparable or better rebound rates. Jaden McDaniels, 
on the team, if you take out, obviously, A.J. Lawson played a one game, take out Josh Minot, he was ninth on this team in rebound rate. But yet, minutes-wise, he was what? I mean, total minutes played, he was second on the team in minutes played. He was ninth in rebound rate. Some of the players he was behind in total rebound rate, Jalen Noel. I mean, that would be the one that bothers me the most. But also, like, uh, Jalen Noel behind Kyle Anderson, who had a down rebound rebounding season, the worst rebounding season of Kyle Anderson's career, uh, behind Anthony Edwards, which, you know, good for Ant to boost his rebound rate. Jaden's bigger. Um, he's, I would argue, almost uh, almost every bit as athletic as Anthony Edwards. And um, Ant is also guarding another perimeter a fair amount, right? It just seemed like Ant was more cognizant of, you know, loose balls crashing down on the defensive glass, you know, uh, and, and I guess part of it is Jaden's also leaking out to try and get out in transition. But in general, Jaden McDaniels has to improve that total rebound rate. It's got to be much closer to eight and a half to nine percent, um, which would be nine percent would be a career high. He was eight point seven percent a couple years ago, but he's got to improve that defensive rebound rate and in turn the total rebound rate. I don't think that's too much to ask for Jaden McDaniels. The other thing would be finishing at the rim. We can go look at all of his b-ball index numbers, and as we already did on the defensive side, we look at his um, his finishing at the rim numbers. They're all basically B's. And with his size, athleticism, and frankly, he's got good touch, right? Like he shot 40% from threes, a career 73% free throw shooter, so that's okay. And we know he's got athleticism, length, et cetera. He could improve a little bit at the basket. Now, his field goal percentage at the rim was 72%. That's 90th percentile. Obviously, that's great. His rim shot making 98th percentile. That's an eight plus, really good. Um, but he's a little bit of a one-trick pony when he gets there, right? Um he doesn't create for others on the drive. He's at this point, it's, you know, I'm, I'm putting the ball on the floor and I'm going to go score at the basket, which is great. Uh, but at least to some shots that aren't the highest of quality and teams also know what to key in on. So his rim shot quality, which estimates the overall quality of the shots at the rim. Are they open? Or are they the right shots to be taking? Was actually a negative number, 16th percentile. That's an F in terms of rim shot quality. He made a lot of the shots he took there, but his overall efficiency could be better if he passed the ball a little bit more on the drive, his drive assist rate was a B, 70th percentile. His drive pass out rate was a 60, 65th percentile. It's a B minus. That, and the definition of that is the percentage of his drives that led to a pass to a teammate. So only about a third of his drives actually led to a pass. So two thirds of the time when he was putting the ball on the floor, he's going to the basket. Defenses can load up on that and expect it. The next frontier for Jane McDaniels offensively is to switch that up. Kick it out to a teammate. Um, you know, driving kick is is something that Ant's gotten better at. It's something obviously Mike Conley's great at. Carl Anthony Towns at times gets tunnel vision and runs people over. We know that's been an issue for him at times. Jade McDaniels, not as much offensive fouls as it is just taking tough shots at the rim and making them a fair amount, but still taking tough shots at the rim. Can he add the element of, you know, kickouts to his game, of of dump off passes to Rudy at the rim when he's, you know, at the free throw line? taking somebody off the dribble? Uh, is it lobs to Carl Anthony Towns along the baseline in the dunker spot? Are there some of these other things that he can add to his game? What was the comparison Chris Finch gave him uh, a little bit over a year ago? I think he compared him, this is unfair, mentioned Scottie Pippen, right? Now, that's more defensively than anything else. Scottie Pippen was an incredible passer, was basically a point forward for those Bulls teams. Could that be in the cards for Jaden McDaniels? I don't know. I don't know that he'll ever be as good of a passer. I mean, that's obviously, we're talking about a Hall of Famer. Could he be in the same realm? Could that be a, a major part of his game? Again, we saw the assist rate tick upwards over 8% last season just by virtue of him being involved more in the offense. 
Could he start to pass the ball a bit more in the half court? Um, again, kickouts, dump offs into the paint, lobs, etc. I don't think that's too much to ask for Jaden McDaniels. He's obviously a very inte- intelligent player. He's very athletic, long, etc. Good ball skills. Uh, the handle could stand to improve a little bit too. That's harder to quantify, but I think we have all seen him be a little bit loose with his handle. Those are all areas he could improve. I- I'm nitpicking, of course. We're talking about somebody who's unequivocally a top five defender in the league at this point. But there really isn't much of a limit to what Jade McDaniels could do. I mean, the Wolves could be looking at yet another all-star caliber player, another all-star candidate. He's shooting 40% from three next year with slightly higher usage offensively and one of the best five defenders in the league. How is he not an all-star? And how is this not a 50-win team, right? If he actually reaches his potential at the same time Anthony Edwards is starting to realize his and Carl Anthony Towns is healthy and Rudy is solid, I mean, how good could this team be and how much, like, Jade McDaniels is going to have to get that recognition on the national stage. And especially when we get to awards season, whether it be an all-star berth for him or, you know, all-defensive team or, or what have you when we get to the end of the season. All that's got to be on the table if Jade McDaniels can continue to improve. It's really everything he did last year. Take it a step further, sprinkle in some more rebounding, a little bit more passing offensively. And you're talking about a true star player. We're not far off. He's that good defensively. And the ceiling is still that high offensively for Jaden McDaniels. It's not a crazy thing to consider. All right, that's all we have for you today. Later this week, more player previews. We'll get to, uh, I think we'll do Rudy Gobert on Wednesday and then Cat and Ant later on this week. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You could also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.